This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody, or afternoon, evening, depending on if you're here with us during the premiere or you're listening to this. Uh, watching it after the fact. Um, What's up, everybody? Happy summer. Today, uh, while we record this, this is the first week of summer, so I hope you guys got plans to have some good fun this summer. Uh, Have fun and grow spiritually. Come on, somebody. So, praise the Lord. I hope you enjoyed our worship, and here it is, part four, what is discipleship? Gonna kind of do just a final uh, message here, the finality of what is discipleship for us. And so if, um, yeah, if you want to jump in the word with me, uh, get your Bibles out, open your Bibles, open your apps, your Bible app or whatever it is. I'm going to pray and then we are going to jump into the word. Uh, so Father, uh, we thank you for your word today and we pray that uh, we're ministered to Holy Spirit, speak to us. Holy Spirit, convict us. Holy Spirit, comfort, encourage, and counsel us through this word today. In the mighty name of Jesus, all of God's people said amen and amen. All right, here we go. So I'm gonna share three things today, okay? And they're not really traditional points as tradition as far as how I do it. Uh, It's a little different today, but I'm going to kind of name the three things we're going to talk about, share some scriptures, and then we'll pray and get you um, moving on with your day. All right. So what we're going to talk about uh, is the first thing here is um, discipleship is not. We're going to talk about what it is not. We're also going to talk about a disciple is more than. All right. So these points kind of have colons at the end of them, right? Um, so once again, um, discipleship is not, and we're going to kind of talk about that. And then we're going to talk about a disciple is more than, right? And then, uh, last but not least, discipleship is, right? So here we go. We're going to jump into this and just kind of, um, kind of bring it all together, hopefully today. And I just want to share some things on my heart. Uh, about this, just some things that came to my heart and my mind and my um, my study time about this and just to help encourage those um, that want to grow in the Lord and want to live this life of walking with God, okay? So um, I'm going to name some good things discipleship is not, but I just, it's just a, in an effort to be clear that this is not discipleship per se, Okay, and then we'll end it with what it really is. Okay, so here we go. I got a long list here, so I'm not going to list these up. Um, so make sure you're taking some good notes. And then those that are um, those that are viewing online, um, um, our uh, our host team uh, will be able to post these um, as we go through them. But discipleship is not. It is not a program. Discipleship isn't a program. Okay, Um, churches may have programs and they call them discipleship program, discipleship, 
this, this internship program where you get discipled, da 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 um, But yeah, discipleship, uh, I mean, you, you could do that and you could have that, but but you could take a program out and still be a disciple. Can somebody say amen? You, nothing against those things, but that is not what it is. Uh, foundationally within the scripture, it is not a program. It is not an event. Discipleship is not an event. Discipleship is not, and those things can help you grow in the Lord, but, but those programs, um, um, that might be something God's leading somebody to do to, as part of their own discipleship, yes, but program, that is not what it equates to um, in the truest sense. It is not, discipleship is not an organizational development process or a church development process, you know? Um, that is not what it is. Um, here's another one. I got I got a, got a number of these. I just want to kind of be clear here because sometimes I think we confuse discipleship with these things and it's not that all these things are bad. It's just, that's, it's not, this is not what discipleship, discipleship is much more than this. That's the point, okay? Um, discipleship is not a church growth strategy, okay? Some people say, man, I really want to grow my church in quantity of people, man. I want more people in the chairs, in the sanctuary, worshiping on a Sunday morning, so I need a discipleship program so I can grow my church. Discipleship is not a church a church growth strategy. All right, hallelujah. Um, discipleship is not, or disciples I should say, are not an elite spiritual group in the church. Like, oh, look at those over there. Those are the disciples, right? Like in the church, okay, those are the spiritual ones, you know? Uh, those, those are the people that pray for other people and they prophesy they are the disciples. No, discipleship, disciples are not some sort of second stage Christian, right? You got Christians, then you got disciples. And disciples is some elite spiritual group that are super spiritual. And you know what I'm saying? No, that's not what discipleship is. It's not what a disciple is. A disciple is not some second stage Christian. A disciple is not, or discipleship, or disciples are not an elite spiritual group in the church. Somebody say amen to that. Another thing, discipleship is not some trendy new method to communicate the gospel. Um, pastors may uh, want to do something that's kind of trending out there or whatever. I don't, I, you know, um, but that is not discipleship. All right. Discipleship is not a one minute pep talk on an Instagram reel. Right. Hey, you know, do your one minute little sermonette on Instagram reel. Pastors, hey, do that, you know, uh, share the gospel with people. But just because you watch some uh, celebrity pastors Instagram reel every other day or once a week doesn't mean you are being discipled per se. Somebody say amen to that. It is, it is not that. Um, here we go. Um, discipleship is not defined, uh, dis or you know, disciples are not defined by holding to some conservative uh, ideal. It's not discipleship, and it's not disciples, and or a liberal ideal, or some sort of political ideology that claims to be Christian. That is not discipleship. I don't find that in the scriptures. Um, it is, you know, because, you know, and also here to kind of go along with that, I'm almost done with what discipleship is not. And then we're going to read a verse here. We're going to read a verse. But, um, you know, uh, disciples are, are not somebody that 
simply hold to Judeo-Christian values, all right? That is not a disciple, because uh, you could have somebody that says, yeah, you know, I believe in Judeo-Christian values, but that doesn't mean they're a disciple. That just means that they hold to maybe a few uh, things that you can maybe find in the scripture that have some sort of um, political uh, relevance to it. So uh, Judeo-Christian values do not equate to disciples or those that hold to quote unquote Judeo-Christian values are not necessarily disciples. Why? Because you can hold to Judeo-Christian values simply for political reasons. You have no revelation of Christ. You have yet to be encounter his grace and yet you hold to Judeo-Christian values, maybe because of some conservative ideal that you hold to, and nothing wrong with that, but that doesn't mean you're a disciple. Somebody say amen. All right, why, why else? Why else is it not some sort of Judeo-Christian value system? I'm not saying that is even bad. It's just not discipleship. It's not defined, the scripture does not define discipleship as somebody holding to some political worldview or ideal. It is, why? Because people in certain socioeconomic environments hold to ideals doesn't mean they're a disciple. Can I get an amen out there on uh, social media today? All right, so, uh, a disciple is not somebody that holds to, simply holds to some Judeo-Christian values. Why? Because certain people can hold to Judeo-Christian values, quote unquote, for nationalistic reasons. There's nothing wrong. If you are proud of your nation per se, and you're like, you know, you, you are nationalistic, um, you know, I'm not even saying there's anything wrong with that unless that's some kind of idol in your life, some kind of false God that is taking the place of Christ. But, but, he, but just because somebody's nationalistic and holds to certain values because a certain political party holds to things that might appear to be um, disciple-like does not mean you're a disciple, okay? So, so there you go. That, that, you know, we can go on and on here, but um, sometimes I think, the reason I wanted to read those is sometimes I think we get confused um, in the Christian world because of the mixture of religion and all kind of stuff. And, and culture within Christianity uh, that, no, nah, but that's not discipleship. That is, and that doesn't equate to disciples. Disciples are something very unique, something very unique and very specific as to what is a disciple. So with that said, let's go to John chapter five, verse 37, and I'm gonna read to verse 40, all right? Once again, John chapter five, Verse 37 to verse 40. So this um, uniquely separates some things that might be confused as a disciple and it is not. And um, find this very interesting and a very challenging verse um, that I've read here. And so um, here is the words of Jesus, starting in verse 37 of John 5. And the Father himself who sent me has testified to me. He's speaking to the religious elite Right now, um, he says, you have neither heard his voice at any time. He's talking to the religious elite, nor seen his form. Verse 38, but you do not have his word abiding in you. Speaking to those that were somewhat privileged and privy to the Hebrew tradition, 
and the study of the scriptures and even claiming to, um, you know, believe and were in expectant of the Messiah. And here is the Messiah speaking to them. Verse 38 again, uh, but you do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent him, you do not believe. Speaking of himself. Verse 39, this is a very powerful verse here of John 5, 39. You search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. Verse 40, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. And so Jesus is really deciphering the difference between religious pedigree, religious association, um, some kind of even people that grew up in it. Maybe the tradition was passed on even in their own families, their own bloodline of Pharisees, um, the Sanhedrin, right? Claiming to, uh, you know, know God, walk with God and hear from God. And Jesus is telling them, you do not know me. You've never heard his voice. And you, you, you look in the Holy Scriptures and for in them you think you have eternal life. So they, this is, this, Jesus is separating the two right here. And so there is a difference between a disciple and somebody that is just simply associated with religiosity, church life, church culture, okay? There's a difference. There is a difference. Um, there is a difference, okay? Jesus told his disciples, disciples now, uh, about these very people. He says, hey guys, do what they say, but don't do what they do. So they were saying the right thing at times, but they were living contrary to uh, what it really means to be a true disciple, okay? And so, um, amen, okay? So here we go. So now, I just wanna go through some here, some more here of what a disciple is more than, or a disciple is more than, and so here we go, a disciple is more than a church attender, okay? Uh, disciples go to church. Disciples are part of local church. Disciples have a pastor. Disciples are in community, uh, but it's more than a church attender. A disciple is more than somebody that simply grew up in church. Um, if you grew up in church, that's awesome. But just because you go and just because you grew up and it does not mean you're a disciple. Okay, that, in, the, in the Middle Ages, uh, that's where the church got into a lot of trouble and that's where the reformers started to emerge in the 14th, 15th, 16th century and started to say, just because you have a position in a church, does not mean you are a part of the body of Christ. Why? Because they were just differentiating. Just because you're in the building and you wear the garb and you perform the religious service, the liturgy, and you do all these things, and they were seeing the wickedness that was in the church and the lies and the, and the deceit and the murder even, murdering others, killing others for certain positions in the church, I mean, that doesn't even look like the church, but the reformers started to question the fact and say, hey, you are a Christian because of his grace, 
because God has touched you and changed you because of the mystery of the salvation experience. If you have yet to have that, you, you don't know God. You simply have a position in church, but you are not a disciple. And so that's what changed the church. That's what brought us out of the dark ages was a revelation of that we must encounter Jesus and his grace in order to even be a true Christian and disciple, all right? And so once again, um, a disciple's more than attending church and a disciple's more than growing up in church, okay? A disciple's more than being born into a family of Christians, okay? Uh, a disciple is more than somebody that attends every Christian conference you could think of. Just because you go to a bunch of conferences and you could say that you've been to all of them and you saw this so-and-so speak and you saw so-and-so speak and man, I saw this person speak. Like we're talking about some kind of concert series or some kind of, um, you know what I'm saying? Some kind of tour of some, um, you know, some celebrity tour. Like I've been there, I've seen him. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, but that doesn't mean you're a disciple. Somebody say amen. Um, and so uh, once again, uh, disciples is more than just knowing who all the, the known pastors in the world are, okay? That's not necessarily disciple. You just are a part of church culture and you know who all the hip pastors are, all right? But that doesn't mean you're a disciple. Discipleship is more than that. Here it is. Let's take it a step further. Um, dis disciples, discipleship, a disciple is more than serving in a local church, do disciples serve? Yes. Is serving in the Bible? Yes. There's, does every church, um, you know, uh, is, is a church a place where you can learn and fulfill God's purpose in serving in some capacity? Yes. But just because somebody does that does not mean they're a disciple. Just because somebody serves in a church, it doesn't mean that they're actually saved or a Christian. Um, let's hope that they are. Let's you know, and let's hope that Christians do serve, right? Like every church needs people serving and, and, and helping and engaging the community and being a part of what's happening. Yes, yes, and amen. But serving does not equate to salvation. Amen? Also, serving, um, yeah, serving. So here's the next one. Um, disciples are more than simply identifying with a pastor or a local church in name only. I know there's people out there saying, man, yeah, Hopeland, that's my church. Yeah, Pastor Sean, that's my pastor, but I don't ever see him. You know what I mean? And hey, at least, at least maybe that's a step for them. But just because you associate with the church, you ever heard people say, yeah, I go to that church. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Who's the pastor? They're like, um, you know what? It's that one dude, he's got kind of like blonde hair. Like, you know, they try to describe him, right? It's like, man, when's the last time you went? Right, so right, so disciple just doesn't mean you identify like that's my pastor, right? Like that, you know, you got celebrities that are like, yeah, that's my pastor there. Okay, I don't know what that means, but just because you associate in name only, like that's my church, that's my pastor. I mean, you don't know nobody there, don't nobody know you there. You don't serve there. You ain't a part of what's happening. You you don't even attend there, right? You're, you're not in that. Like, uh, hey. If, 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 if where you're at is that, man, I got a church, I need to get my life together, I need to get my act together, start get, being a part of it, yes. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, associating with a pastor um, or some, uh, you know, some big church that's got uh, 
you know, uh, live services um, all over the internet. And, you know, they got baptisms there just because you're part of some church remotely and say, yeah, you know, Stephen Furtick, that's my pastor. Hey, nothing wrong with Stephen Furtick. But just because you claim some dude as your pastor um, doesn't equate to discipleship or that you are a disciple or that you're being disciples. Can I get an amen? I mean, hey, it's a, it's a step in the right direction. But this is the point. Discipleship is more than that. Being a disciple is more than that. All right? So here we go. Um, here's another one. Um, a disciple is more than just kind of being into or acquainted with church ministry culture. Okay? You got a lot of people in the culture of Christianity, in the culture of church, and in what you would call kind of the industry of ministry, if I could call it that, but that doesn't equate to discipleship. You know, like I, I come from the skateboard industry. I, I was a professional skateboarder at one time in my younger days, uh, but um, there were those that associated with it. They wore the shoes. They dressed like us, but they didn't skate. Come on now. I mean, you know, they would hang out with us and look, um, uh, and they would, they would one, you know, and they'd wear all the t-shirts. They'd go to the skate shop and buy the shirt and they'd buy the sneakers, but their shoes weren't scuffed up from skateboarding. You know, we, we, you know, we call those back in the day, we called them posers. You know what I'm saying? Poser, right? And, and look, this is the point and, 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 and walking with God is, it's more than just associating with a culture. It's more than that. It's more than that. All right. Having some sort of, even having some sort of your own Christian brand or Christian business does not mean you are a disciple. It's like this, like just because people are profiting off of the industry of ministry doesn't mean they're a disciple of Christ. And if God has led somebody to start a Christian business, they got their little t-shirt brand or whatever it is, um, or whatever it is, like, you know, you got a little fish on your logo, you got the fish on the back of your car, you got the, um, the bumper sticker, you got the, you, just cause you rock Christian merch, church merch, doesn't mean you're a disciple. All right. Now, nothing, see, I, I said a lot of things that are kind of, um, have their place, right? But sometimes I think we confuse like what true discipleship is here. Let's just throw all of the, all of the hyper, uh, marketing, cool this, whatever, hip that out and say, okay, what is discipleship, right? So, um, you know, and, you know, just because we're in the Christian throng, the, the Christian crowd, right? Just because we're like, hey, what's up? I go to this church. It's where my friends hang out. What's up? I'm here. Yeah. Come from our service, get my coffee. You know what I mean? Uh, praise the Lord. You're, 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 you're in church. You're hearing the word. You're, you're in a place uh, to maybe find and discover who God is. But that type of association doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you're in the multitude um, doesn't make you his. Right? Can I get an amen? Right. So, so here we go. Let, let's go to another verse here. And this is a bit longer of a verse. I'm going to take my time reading through this, but it's from Matthew chapter 14, um, verse 22 to 33, okay? Verse 22, this is, when, this is when Jesus walks on the water. And we're going to see how 
just in this narrative here, how there's a unique difference between the multitude and disciples and how Jesus even um, um, separates the two. Okay, there's, there, you know, and so here we go. Let, let's read through this here. Let's read through this. Matthew, once again, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Um, immediately, Jesus made his disciples. All right, everybody say disciples. Look at the person next to you and tell them I am a disciple. All right, immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. So there's a separation right there. There's a throng of people, multitude of people hanging out. Um, there were multitudes that heard the word of God, multitudes that were fed with, um, you know, uh, uh, five fish and two loaves of bread or two fish and five loaves of bread, whichever one it was, uh, you know, um, and <clears throat> praise the Lord. Uh, Jesus reached out to them. Jesus healed many. He, he, he spoke to many. He was there for everyone. But here it's just an interesting dynamic that, you know, you got the multitude and he sends them away. And he brings his disciples with him. Okay, verse 23, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Okay, so now he's about to walk his disciples, somebody say disciples, his disciples through, through a process here. He's about to take them a little deeper, about to take them on a journey, about to show them something. So this is what distinguishes disciples because disciples separate themselves. If you look at the story, the narrative itself, these disciples separated themselves from the multitude to be alone with Jesus, to learn from him. Okay, so this was very personal. This is very relational, and it was very much a learning environment. Okay, it's very much a learning environment. Okay, very much a growing environment, very much a challenging environment, very much a discovery of who Christ is type of situation. This is a microcosm, if you will, of the disciple's life, of a disciple's life. This is a picture of how discipleship works. When you see Jesus, the example to us all of how he discipled his disciples. So let's look at this story here. Verse 23, and when he had sent his multitude, sent the multitudes away, he went up on a mountain uh, by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. Here we go, verse 24, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Uh, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Verse 26, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. I would have cried out too. I'll be honest with you, if I see somebody walking on the water and Jesus went out to pray, I'd be like, what is going on? I'd be scared myself. Verse 27, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Okay, verse 28, Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Okay, if it's you, command me to come. Verse 29, so he said, come. And when Peter had come out of the boat, he walked out on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. This is the journey of true discipleship is Jesus wants to separate you unto himself, even in moments at times that you are uniquely set apart for a season some way, and he's gonna call you to come on the water. He's gonna call you to get out of the boat, to get out of your comfort zone. He didn't do this with the multitude. 
He didn't challenge just the, the multitude like this. He didn't, he did not stir the, the faith and presumably these, this situation, uh, believe it or not, it stirred some fears in them. And he's like, look, don't trip. I'm here. Don't be afraid. Peter said, if this is you, bid me come. He said, come. He gets out of the boat. He gets out of the boat. He gets out of the boat. This is what Jesus does with disciples. He uh, brings us into environments where we will learn. We will uh, step outside of what is comfortable, step outside of what is natural, step outside of what is safe, and take steps toward where he is. Uh, get out of where we are and go where he is calling us, the unknown, and we need the supernatural power of God to be able to do this. And guess what? Disciples out there, you're gonna fall sometimes. You're gonna miss it. You're gonna fall short. You're gonna mess up. You're gonna doubt. You're gonna feel fear. You're gonna feel doubt. You're gonna uh, feel doubt. You're gonna feel unbelief. You're gonna walk through, but this is the pathway to spiritual growth and encountering God once again. Uh, you know, and so verse 31, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Teaching moment, challenging moment, challenged him. Um, you know, he, 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 he didn't know that he had that doubt until he stepped out of there. He didn't know that his faith was that little until he stepped out of there. But look, it was a new, a new day. Jesus was there to help him. He didn't drown. He didn't die. But he definitely learned. I'm sure he was humble. He got up out of there soaking wet. Come on now. Um, and, and there he is. And Jesus had to get him out of that situation. Uh, but, but verse 32, and when they got into the boat, this is beautiful, the wind ceased. Okay, verse 33, this is the process of discipleship. Then those who were in the boat, who was in the boat, disciples, came and worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. All right, so disciples, God's process, God's process for our growth, God's, God's process for challenging us, getting us out of the comfort zone, getting us out of what, what is known into the unknown, getting out of the natural into the supernatural, getting out of our comfort and our space and into where he is, right? And then we're gonna miss it. We're gonna fall short. We're gonna, where he's gonna have to help us along the way. But this is the point, folks, that this thing culminated with, Worship, with worship. The, 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 the disciples came into a fresh encounter of worship with God. And they were like, truly, you are the son of God. I'm telling you, this, the, the purpose of discipleship is to make us uh, better worshipers. And what do I mean by better? that in understanding and seeing him through the challenges and storms of life, right? That right there is what discipleship is all about, is that they got through this and they worshiped him and had this encounter, this fresh revelation, this fresh word, this uh, awareness of who Jesus is in their life. They were walking with them for a minute already. They were acknowledging him already. They, they looked at Jesus like, you are worth following, but here it is, a fresh revelation, an encounter with who he was, and they said, truly, you are the son of God. 
So this is how Jesus showed us what discipleship is. It's in real time. It's a real time situation. He's doing life with them. It's not an event. It's not a program. It's a walk with Jesus. It's a walk with God and other people. Okay. And so once again, I know I gave you the definition of discipleship um, in, 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 in our first uh, in part one of this series, but I want to give it to you again because you see this, the true definition, the Greek definition and word for disciple or to disciple, or if we could say discipleship is right here. I'm going to read this and you're going to see that what Jesus did with the disciples and how, that whole narrative in, in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 33, here, here is what he did, okay? This is, this, so you look up discipleship, you find it in the gospels in the book of Acts time and time again. You look up the word learn in the letters, some of the letters, Paul, the Pauline epistles, you're, that word learn um, is a derivative of discipleship. And so uh, what it means is helping someone, here it is, the Greek word, uh, helping someone to progressively learn the word of God to become matured, okay? So now that is discipleship, okay? So everything I just said that it wasn't or that it was more than, I think after hearing this definition, you might wanna go back and, and listen to what it isn't because when you hear what it is, you can see why none of those things equate to what true discipleship is. Helping someone to progressively learn the word of God so that they become a matured, growing disciple or learner, a disciplined learner, okay? Here it is. Um, it's, it's, it's the Greek word. I'm gonna say it. It's mathetes or... Uh, mathiteo, mathiteo, or mathitis. Mathiteo is to disciple. Mathitis is a disciple, okay? Um, it also means to train or develop in the truths of scripture and the lifestyle required. Some of you may remember this. Um, Jesus wasn't just sitting around trying to get his disciples to become hyper knowledgeable of the text alone, right? He, the way he discipled was in real life, okay? And so, yes, Jesus quoted the prophets. Yes, he honored the holy scriptures in his own words, um, right? And, and yes, the study of the word is part of this. But true discipleship is, I'm gonna read it again, it's to train and develop in the truths of the scripture and we cannot forget this, lose sight of this, and the lifestyle required, okay? Helping, that's what it means, helping a believer learn to be a disciple of Christ, here it is, in belief and practice in belief and practice. So here it is, here's my list now. Discipleship is, okay, is. And uh, let me just start with this. Actually, discipleship begins with, this is what it begins with. All those other things I said um, are not discipleship, nor does it represent a true disciple. Those things might be a part of your life, 
but that does not define discipleship. This defines discipleship. Here we go. It begins with God, the person, revealing himself to me, a broken, lost soul. True discipleship, I'm going to say it again, begins with God, the person, not a religious institution, not religious rhetoric, not religious dogma, but it begins with God, the person, revealing himself to a broken, lost soul, period. That is where it begins. Here it is. It begins, I'm going to say it a different way. Uh, discipleship begins when we encounter Jesus and confess him as Lord. Not just that we say some prayer, that, that's part of it, but without a true encounter, without his grace, um, there is no discipleship. All right, here it is. Here's another thing. Discipleship is, it's a new heart. It's a new heart. Uh, Jeremiah prophesied and, and prophesied that said he would give us a new, a new heart. All right, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. So what is discipleship? What is it? It is a new heart that leads to a new way of living. It is a new heart. It's not, a, it's not a just a disciplined way of living. It is a new heart. It is a, it is a new heart that leads to a new way of giving, okay? Here it is. Here, here's discipleship. Discipleship is... A grow, that it is that we are growing in grace with, through, and unto the divine person, Christ. This is discipleship. I'm gonna say it real simply here. I'm kind of just saying this different ways. But what is discipleship, okay? Discipleship is, this is what it is. It is the Christian life. It's what it is. It is the Christian life. It is, discipleship is synonymous, synonymous, let me say that right, synonymous to Christian, Christ-like. That's what it is, all right? Discipleship is the walk of faith after and because of conversion. It is the walk of faith after and because of conversion. Here it is. Discipleship plays out in our life. It is the life we live after our encounter of Jesus. A disciple is somebody that lives unto God and for God as a result of an encounter with Jesus. Okay? Discipleship is God's work of grace that empowers us to do good works. So discipleship is God's work of grace that empowers us to do good works, okay? Discipleship is our lifelong journey with Christ and his body. You see this in that story we read about Peter getting out of the boat. It was the disciples following Christ and doing life together. They were in this together. They were in the boat together. Yes, Peter got out, but they all worshiped him when he got back in the boat. So discipleship is our lifelong journey with Christ and his body. Here's the last one, and I'm gonna share another verse here. Um, uh, a disciple is submitted to the head 
and connected to the body. Um, a true disciple is submitted to Christ, the head of the church, and he is connected to the body, right? The body, the church, the bride. All right, here we go. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15.10. I'm going to read this quickly. 1 Corinthians 15.10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. Somebody say grace. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Grace changes us, folks, and we, as a result, change our world. He was saying, man, it, uh, the grace wasn't in vain. It wasn't, this grace wasn't an empty thing. It wasn't worthless. It wasn't coming to nothing. It, it, I didn't receive grace and it not have any effect on the people in my world because of grace. Um, um, I, you know, God has used me by his grace. He's like, man, I labored in all of them. But actually, even that, I can't even boast about that. That was actually God's grace in me. I'm telling you that a disciple is one that has encountered grace. And because of that grace, uh, they're changed by grace. And then they go out and change their world by grace. All right, one more verse. I'm going to end with this verse. I'm going to end with this verse. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. Titus 2, 11 and 12. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Verse 12, somebody say grace. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Praise God for his grace, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Grace is here. A disciple is somebody that has encountered grace and they go out and they in and through that same grace that they live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age by grace, for grace, and unto God's glory. So Father, I just thank you for everybody joining today. I pray in the name of Jesus. Father God, that you by your grace would, would cause us, teach us by your grace, God, how to live this life, how to change our world by your grace and power. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.